Welcome to another edition of the Cool Sword Podcast. I hope you're having a fabulous day. Yes, today we are joined by a Cool Sword of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and she is Melissa St. Joy. She is an educator extraordinaire. But before we hear from Melissa, I have to let you know that Green Top Gifts is the place you need to go for all of your amazing wrapping paper for the holiday season. Time is running out. Out. Yes. Do you need your Clarence Claws wrapping paper, stocking stuffers, or your hoodies? Please log on to greentopgifts.com, punch in Coolsore, and receive 10% off of your purchase. Greentopgifts.com. Also, Founders and Pearls, get ready for your Founders Day box. We need for you to go ahead and place your order. Founders and Pearls has exclusive paraphernalia, motivational items, and it's all from small businesses because they're a company that supports small businesses. And if you punch in Kusora at closeout, you will receive free shipping. Okay. Foundersandpearls.com. And there you have it. I'm ready for you to hear this amazing episode of Melissa St. Joy. And it is called the gift of teaching because she certainly has a gift. Enjoy. You know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself. I'm a cool soror. Hey y'all. I'm a cool soror of What's up y'all? I'm a cool soror of Hi, I am a cool soror of podcast hosted by me Rashawn Ali. Hello everybody good day good day good day it's another edition of the Cool Sore podcast and today I'm joined by a good friend yes someone I'm familiar with <laughs> Melissa St. Joy educator extraordinaire and Melissa you are a Cool Sore of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Hello Melissa St. Jeezy. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm well and yourself. I'm doing well. Yeah. Monday. Monday, right? <laughs> Monday. Yeah. It's the, do you get the Monday blues as an educator? I'm sure we all do. You don't have time. I know. Uh, my friends tease me because if somebody, if you call me after about 945, that means somebody's passed on to the afterlife because I need to go to sleep. Right. And I always tell people I have to have more energy than the kids. Yes. So I'm there. Um, usually on a typical day, I'll get there about 615 and I'm there till... I just got here from work. Wow. Um, and on my days, I have personal non-negotiables for myself. So uh, for my peace of mind with everything I do. Yeah. So I work out. So on the days I work out, my day starts at 4.50. Personal non-negotiables. Yes. How, how many times a day, how many times a week do you work out? Uh, three to four. Nice. Yeah. Three to four. My yeah. first couple years of teaching, I would uh, put on 17 pounds uh -huh. from just eating for comfort. Yeah, yeah, spring. yeah. So I decided there are things in life that everybody doesn't negotiate. Yeah. There's all these non-negotiables in work, uh, personal life. The, the mortgage is yeah. not negotiable. Right, absolutely. Right. Those things are not negotiable. So why don't I have personal non-negotiables for myself yeah. to keep the sanity of what I do? So yeah. my personal non-negotiable days, I wake up about 4.50. Nice. Uh, so I can exercise and on a typical day I'll get to school between 615 and 7 depending on my workload that day. Right, right. And you are an, assi an assistant principal right now. I am. Yes. So, so let's, I'm going to go back to get into all your business. <laughs> you majored in psychology at FAMU. I did. So how did you get into the, was education always the plan? What did the psych degree do to help you now? Yeah. Let's go back. I want to get the psyche. Okay. You know, no pun intended <laughs> behind why you took that. Path. So when I was at FAM, I knew I was going to be a psychologist. I gotcha. was going to sit down. We're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about feelings and do all those things. 
Uh, but I needed a minor. Yeah. And I started to um, my minor in education. And I had a class in which uh, I, the professor's name was Professor Jojo. This is mm-hmm. what he went by. Uh-huh. But he said how teachers do specific things and they connect with you and you realize that they stay with you in your adult lives. Right. And he was like, whether it's positive or negative, what your teachers do at an early age um, stays with you. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about it. And I was a straight A honor student all um, through school, but I always got C's in math. Huh. My sophomore geometry teacher told me I did not need this. So I was like, bet, let's run it. And I would just do the minimum right. in math. I grew up and I actually had like a block for math, uh-huh. um, like anxiety, crying when I had to take some sort of standardized math test. Like, let me get a tutor. This huge panic. Right. Um, and that was just through a discussion in that class. I decided like I wanted to finish out this minor and loved it so much. Like, I'm going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. And I don't want any child to ever feel the way I felt or to right. grow up having a block because of something that an adult said to them. Yes. And, um, you know, that, that, that teacher literally kind of let me slack off and I did my homework mm-hmm. and that's how I passed math and was still, you know, because I got straight A's in other areas. It didn't really affect your grade point average like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. didn't affect my grade point average, but it did affect me forever. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, you still have to take standardized tests as an adult. Um, you know, you have to pass your teaching certifications and I knew all the information. It was just the panic. Yes. And I didn't want another kid to feel like that. Yeah. Um, so because I was a psychology major, I took the non-traditional path. I actually did teach for America. Okay. Um, and with teach for America, I ended up teaching in Los Angeles unified school district. And I started teaching in 122nd Street Elementary School, which is directly across the street from Magic Johnson Park and across the street from Compton Unified. Whoa. <laughs> so you, you, when you le- left FAMU, you yep. went to teach for me. You had to be like, this was early 20s, like fresh out of college. Very fresh out of college. What was and that experience like for you? It was tough. I actually had, um, I used to do an email for my uh, therapy because I would just experience so many things and I called it Tales from the West Side. Nice. And I was just venting to my line sisters. Oh, okay, okay. So, you know, I'm just. Oh, okay, I'm thinking that you like created a real blog. No, 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 no this no. is your, your this session. This was probably before like blogs. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just typing like real hard on the keyboard, trying to get out my feelings and they're like, yo, that's funny. I'm like, it's not, it's my life. <laughs> So I actually, that first year of teaching, I had a coloring book mm-hmm. for when I stressed out, like, let me just start coloring. And the kids knew if Miss St. Joy starts coloring, just give her a minute. I yeah. used to have, um, at that time I had 22 students and 16 of them were born addicted oh to my some goodness. sort of substance. So they were very hyperactive, but I'm like, okay, we're good. We're going to figure this out. But it, what I realized is that everything they teach you in Ed 101 you're not prepared for. Right, right, right. It's, it's nothing for the um, theory of it and the actual practice. Like I came in, I was dressed in a suit in elementary school, dressed in a suit, my heels, and you will sit down and you will do this. Three weeks in, the attire changed. Right. The whole approach changed. Like, okay, I got figured out. I got to meet them halfway. Uh-huh. Um, and then you realize you have just perceptions of what your students should be and nothing actually fits into that. So I think think the key to education is being flexible because it's not what you thought it was yes and it changes from you know day to day day to day I had a you know I always remember I had this um student Michael who was born addicted to something um and he also had very extreme ADHD okay 
which gave him a heart condition. Oh, my goodness. So I was always trying to find the balance for him in terms of medicine. And Michael was all over the place. He would throw temper tantrums. And you would look at him like, I can't even help you because I can't even talk to you. Right, right. To figure out what's wrong. I was able to work with him. And by the end of the year, I actually identified Michael as gifted, which was amazing. He was one of my favorite little what? people. But I had to do different things that I wasn't taught. Like, okay, with his tantrums, I was like, hey, everybody has a moment. I understand. Here is my timer. Please go outside the classroom and have your moment. When the timer goes off, you're done. Come back in. And that worked for him. Oh, my. He would, I mean, he would go out that door and holler. When that timer went off, yeah. <laughs> he would come in. He'd be a little upset. But he would go back to what he was doing. Yeah. And just, like, little things, like teaching your kids how to communicate with each mm -hmm. other because – they don't always, you know, they um, they fight about things. They are, you know, kids can be petty. Yes. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> they're not, little people. Right, they're little people. And yes. I always, um, you know, as I go on and just um, learn so much in education, the person who I was, I didn't think I got the hang of teaching until about the third year. Okay. Bless all my first and second year students. <laughs> but I really got the hang of it my third third year did like, you find michael did you the first year was michael one of your michael first was my first okay, year okay. i had michael i also had this uh little boy named suave 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 one day he um little girl named brandy came up to me and said suave tried to glue me to the chair oh no so i'm, I'm actually coloring at this point because yeah because you, yeah, you're stressed out right now and so <laughs> i said suave you tried to glue Brandy to the chair and kids in California always say teacher like they don't call your name so they're like teacher I didn't do that da, 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 da. I said so I bet you know there's glue on your hands oh my <laughs> and then he was like well it's not my fault my auntie gave me sugar and I was like I need you to go away I need you to sit down and just give us enjoy a moment but it was always just kind of just all sorts of crazy things and um you know the reality was um it was a tough neighborhood that I worked in yeah um, little things like, uh, I think gang violence was very real. Um, like they didn't wear red on red web ribbon week because mm -hmm. they were afraid they would die. Oh my so goodness. we didn't really celebrate it. Yeah. Um, I had to leave work by four cause the neighborhood wasn't safe. So like literally it was shut down like at four, like, why are you still in this building? Like yeah. they would ask you to leave. So there was a lot of outside things that my kids dealt with. So mm -hmm. I had to balance that. And I, it's something you have, again, the things they don't teach you in ed 101. I have no control over what happens outside. over what's yeah. happening outside. And I had to realize that um, one, you can't internalize that. And two, mm -hmm. have an honest conversation with my kids. I, I can't control what happens after two 30. I can't control what happens between eight and two 30. So we're in this together. Yeah. And I feel like that's how I've always been able to yield results from kids. Uh, I have two philosophies in education. One, um, whether a child chooses to work at Popeye's or whether they choose to own Popeye's, mm -hmm. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. I care that I've given you enough tools so that you can make the choice independently. Nice, nice. And my other philosophy is I think that um, a, a lot of times consistently what you don't find is that schools, um, the parents, and the community actually working together. Right. Sometimes it's so many different agendas. And at the end of the day, we all want our kids to be successful but we all have a different approach to getting there. Yeah. And sometimes people can buck heads and, mm -hmm. you know, I think the perfect school kind of storm is when all those entities are working together. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, that was my first two years teaching, and then I what a way to be introduced <laughs> to teaching. I mean, it gave you some really invaluable tools that yeah. I'm sure you implement on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. In retrospect, are you glad you still went there? Yeah. Yeah. I am. I think like I loved my school. I loved my school. I had an amazing um, first year group, and I will say all the teachers that I um, kind of started with. Um, in that area of LA, they're yeah. all still in education, but in different leadership capacities. Yeah, yeah. Everybody kind of uh, went on, but I was happy that we all stayed in education. Yeah. It was definitely tough. I loved, loved my school. I didn't like California. Because you didn't. I didn't at that time. I think I would love it now. Yeah, because you were, you probably were so provincial and you're thinking like, I don't want to be in LA. Yes. But you know, now, <laughs> you'd be like, let me go to LA. LA. Right. right. At the time, you, I just graduated. I graduated yeah. before all my friends. So when I got home and I was ready to talk, everybody was asleep or, yeah. you know, our, our schedules weren't just linked up. So it was kind of lonely. So literally, I just packed up my stuff and I was like, mm. Georgia's close enough to the South because I'm Florida without yeah. going back to my mama. Right. Got gotcha. you. So, right um, in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so and my godfather was a professor at tech here. So I felt like I had family here. So many people from fam were here. Yes. So I was like, OK, I have that network like we can do this. And I came here literally probably started working in DeKalb County mm -hmm. maybe two months after I was here. Got okay. a job teaching first grade. OK. And then I came to Atlanta. Beautiful. Beautiful. What was the transition for you to go ahead and get your master's and then take the plunge into administration and all of that? So I actually got my master's in um, California. Oh, you, while you were there? Yes. You were I like, went, okay. <laughs> you, you use your time wisely there. Yes, yeah. I did. Okay. Um, I went to Loyola and it was um, interesting. I had a girlfriend there from Spelman as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going uh, to HBCU and then going to Loyola it was definitely different. Yeah. But I think that... That HBCU work ethic, there oh. is nothing like it. We can outwork anybody. Yes. I'm to so tell there you. is nothing yeah. like it. So we weren't really stressed in that grad school environment. So did got my master's in elementary education. And actually when I came here, um, in education there's um between doctorate and master's is a specialist degree. Okay. I got a specialist in educational leadership. Okay, okay. Um and that transition happened. I, I I think after being in the classroom so much, I wanted to know, I was really good at teaching. I was really good at moving my kids. But I was like, am I affecting change? Mm. And I didn't know if I was making a significant enough change. Just by primarily right. being in the classroom. Right, just by being in the classroom. So let me see what else I can do. And I, I was very fortunate. Um, I had an amazing leader. Yolanda Brown, who's also a member of Delta Sigma Theta. She all right. <laughs> I had an amazing um, principal who, as teachers, gave us leadership opportunities. Nice. See? She was very invested in us um, owning data, mm -hmm. owning every success and failure that our students had. And she would give us so many leadership opportunities. And sometimes you're like, oh, Miss Brown, this a lot. Yeah. Or she'd, you come into her office and she'd be like, well, I need you to do this, 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 this. And this and I was like, well, what's number two, one and two on the list? I'm gonna do it all. Yeah, but I just need you to actually prioritize the list. And she's just like, get it done, okay. And everybody, funny enough, that worked under her is also in a leadership Godly. capacity because she really trained teacher leaders. That's good. Um, so my my mindset in leaving the classroom was, how do I affect change? Mm -hmm. And um, I became an instructional specialist. Um. And that they don't have that position anymore. But basically, I kind of worked as a little bit of a coach 
and a little bit of a leader in the principal's absence. Okay. So that was shocking to me um, because of the work ethic I have transitioning. You're, I realized you have to coach adults as much as you coach little ones. <laughs> really? So I was like, oh, this is different. And I had to change some of my mindset in working with adults. Uh, which is a very interesting transition for me because sometimes I get that mentality of, I did it. Why can't you, you do, do it? it yeah. You're just supposed to do your work. Yeah. Your incentive is a paycheck twice exactly. a month. Exactly. You're a grown person. <laughs> get it done. But I have to honor that adults work differently. They're motivated differently. And I have um, no point to prove in pushing them to think 100% of the way that I think. But I can figure out what is going to yield the best results for you. Because at the end of the day, is it in the best interest of children? So what can I do that respects the adult that you are to transition to you? It's like, this is best for kids. You're not yeah. doing it for me. You're not doing it for compliance. Yeah. Um, so I had um, that experience as an instructional specialist. And I became a reading coach after that um, in a middle school. So working with middle school teachers, that's a Different. Definitely. It's a different piece <laughs> because they're really, really adult. And they actually made fun of me a lot because they were like, you're so elementary. Um, again, I was a reading coach and the school that I was at was near some woods. And actually two kids were skipping. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we got to get out here and find them. Are they in the woods? Like, I am panicked. Like, we're going to be on the news. we got to find these little kids. And um, they were like, they'll come out because this is, I guess, you know, kids cut class in middle school, yeah. but like I'm about to have tears in my eyes. Like we have to find them. <laughs> and I called out the little boy's name. I called his name and I was like, I know you're in those woods. I'm calling 911. I'm calling your mama, but I'm not coming in the woods to get you. And he came out, him and two other kids. And I yelled at them from those woods to the walk back in the school. I was like, you don't know what's out there. You could have tripped and fell and a spider could have bit your arm. You could have had to have your arm amputated. But you don't know what amputated means because you skipped reading class. <laughs> and you don't know how to use context clues. And I'm like fighting back tears in my eyes. And everybody made fun of me for a week. So It's okay. But I guess what? He came out. They all <laughs> they came, came out, out alive. <laughs> They'll never forget it. And it's and you just retold the story, so it, it had impact in several ways. <laughs> yeah, so yes. they all teased me. So middle school, they're a little tougher than yeah. I am, and middle school kids are about my size, so that makes me nervous sometimes. I used to always get stopped for hall passes, and I'm like, I work here. Yeah, here's my badge. So I uh, went back to actually, um, I worked for central office as a teacher, um, one as a model teacher leader. So mm -hmm. I worked with seven schools in which I provided instructional support. And those supports all look different based on the school's needs. Okay. I think a lot of times people say, well, this school does this. Why doesn't school, if school A does this, why doesn't school B? School B has different needs. Right. Um, and even though you're all kind of in the same area, you don't know who's coming in, what's coming in, what challenges, what successes they face. So just being mindful of that. So in that model teacher leader role, I basically supported in whatever the principal's needs were. And I worked with... Um, several different schools and my right. expertise was language arts okay. um, at that time. And then I worked as a teacher quality coordinator wow. um, for the district. Um, and I worked with the 22 lowest achieving schools. And then after that, I became, I took a break from the school system and I became, really? I did. I was still in education though. I worked as an educational consultant for a math company and okay. I traveled the Southeast okay. and worked with Chicago public schools a lot, some schools in Philly and basically tried to teach them um, about this technology and integrating it into their math curriculum mm -hmm. and trying to work with teachers and schools 
basically when you have a supplemental service, it doesn't have to work as two separate entities. I'm going to teach you how to integrate it. So I did that. Did you like that? I kind of did. What I didn't like about it, strangely enough, was the traveling so much. I was always moving. And again, going back to my original theme of am I affecting change? Mm -hmm. I don't think I was there long enough to affect change. Right. Because I would have a conversation with you and then, okay, I need you to do these two things. All right. I'll see you on my next visit. And then I'm flying off to another state and having the same conversation. And then I don't I didn't feel like my follow up was as great because I was initially I was probably working with like 70 different schools it's very hard, hard to follow up yeah. <laughs> with 70 different schools effectively. And you're not really there on the ground. Yeah. And I really yeah. wanted to come back to a school system. I love Atlanta. I love, um, even though I'm not officially from Atlanta. You're doing good work though. <laughs> you <laughs> received. <laughs> right. I was, I was talking about moving one day and uh, I had a friend, um, he was like, you better not leave here. He was like, we need to keep our good talent in Atlanta. I'm like, okay, I'll stay. Um, but I really wanted to be back in one school. Um, where I can just kind of hone in and take everything I learn and really support a staff, support a group of kids, and really track and see and have the conversations about how we are intentionally making change. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, it's those are tough conversations sometimes yeah. um, when you're not doing it. And, you know, I'm a questioner. Well, why didn't this work? Why did this work with child A and child B? And one of the things I never want to hear as um, an administrator is, well, I got when the kids came to me, they were struggling. I always say, well, when your toilet was broken, you still wanted the plumber to fix it right. before he left. So I don't, we're going to throw out that excuse. Yeah. I'm definitely a no excuse type of girl. Let's talk about how we're going to move these kids. And again, going back to what I learned early on, it's not traditionally what you think. Yeah. Our kids need a little bit more. Some need nurturing. Some do need you to be strict. Some need a couple more building blocks. Some are visual learners. How, yeah. how are we going to take all those things and translate it into them being successful? And yeah. you'd be surprised what a child would do if they believe that you like them. Mm. That's almost half the battle to get yeah. somebody for a child to right. know that this teacher actually believes that I can right. do it. Like Michael. <laughs> we go back to Michael. Yes, yeah. Just absolutely. like Michael. Yeah. Like yeah. This week I had the, a student. One of my students was in trouble in my office acting out in class. And I was like, get your laptop and come finish your work here in my office. And funny enough, when I sent him back to class, he's using Google Classroom. So they use that with his teacher. Yeah. He emailed his teacher and he CC'd me. Oh. So I was like, run it. I gave him all kinds of feedback on his essay. <laughs> so he sent me an email today. This is a fifth grader that he had resolved the issues. But I'm like, I got him. Wow. Now that he has connected with me like this, I'm going to make it a point to always follow up with him and always check on him. Yeah. Um, and doesn't it didn't take that much time for me to give that feedback. But in that moment, had I not responded, I might have missed the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he knows I'm looking. I, uh, my principal and I always have this phrase, be seen looking. Yeah. Like, you're not just doing this for compliance. I actually need you to do this. We'll have more coming up in just a moment. And I have to let you know that I know that you have been looking for the perfect box for you and your sorors. Well, I have found the perfect partnership with Founders and Pearls. Yes, foundersandpearls.com is the place for you. You know, you always want that special piece of paraphernalia that just speaks to your soul. Well, you will get that if you subscribe for the Founders and Pearls 
box, okay? I know a lot of our Founders Days are coming up in January. This will be the perfect gift for a new soul war, a gift that you want to give to one of your line sisters or somebody that you truly love, or one of your Greek sisters. Not only is it paraphernalia, beauty and wellness items, inspirational, just unique and exclusive paraphernalia from all small businesses. I think that's what I love most about it is that Founders and Pearls, they have found the perfect partnership with other small businesses, making sure we lift as we climb. So foundersandpearls.com, go ahead and press the subscribe button and get yourself a subscription. Coming up in January, we're going to be getting it rolling out. So go ahead and subscribe now. That's foundersandpearls.com. Are you ready for the holiday season? I hope that you are. Green Top Gifts is the place for you to get all that you need for the holidays. And the best part about it is that you get to see what your children's faces look like, not when they open up the box, but before they do it, they get to see Clarence Claus. He's so cute. He has beautifully complected skin. He has a gray beard, and it looks like somebody that they can truly identify with. Not only that, I just have to show them love because they have been featured in O Magazine. Yes, Green Top Gifts has been featured in O Magazine, and you gotta love it because you know they are truly paying it forward. So make sure you pick up the December issue of O Magazine because you will see them featured there on page 46. Yes, you can see Clarence Claus in the next edition of the O Magazine. Be a part of the movement. GreenTopGifts.com. Cool Soror is your code for 10% off your next purchase. Go ahead, get your wrapping paper, get your stocking stuffers, and get those hoodies and buttons today. GreenTopGifts.com. Now, back to the show. Do you have dreams of, like, being a principal? You know, on good days, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And on my bad days, I'm like, listen, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm just going to be the first grade teacher. Right. First grade was my favorite year of teaching. Very happy place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hugs seem to be a requirement there. <laughs> Whenever I'm having a bad day, I go to first grade or I go to kindergarten. They yeah. just want to hug you. That's it. And you hug them back and look at my sentence. Let me see your sentence. And they're so excited. Um, but yes, I do want to continue on. Um, I, I think it's, um, it's a, it's, it's definitely a logical path for me. I would love to have my own school one day. Yeah. Um, I definitely need a little bit more time in this role cause I'm still learning. I'm, I'm so thankful that I've always had amazing principles that have really taught me different things that are still serve as my mentors. It's, it's, it's great to be able to call your former principal and just have a conversation with them about education. My, my um, principal that I work with now, he's amazing, very instructionally sound, and um, he's very much so about balance. We laugh daily. You know, that's how yeah. we actually open up because, you know, we have a lot of heavy stuff that we deal I'm with. I'm sure. And, but he always opens our meeting with either a joke or, like, you know, what happened that was funny this week? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of just share that, and then we get into the work. Good. Um, so That's he's good. he's very much so, um, you know, we text each other on the weekends about stuff that we're going to do for the school. That's how we're invested. Yeah. We are in them being successful. And um, something I've started telling my teachers, it's very hard work. Mm -hmm. This is very hard work. It's not hard to do, though. Yeah. 
It's a lot of work. Especially you have passion, though. Yeah. You have passion and compassion. <laughs> like, you have empathy. Like, you, but you, you're a, you're a, you're a, a gem in the education field. Do you yeah. feel like you're special? I feel like, I don't know if it's special. I don't have children, but I'm going to treat everybody's babies the way I would want somebody to treat mine when mm -hmm, I have them. Mm-hmm. I want somebody to love on my baby when they need to be loved on. I want somebody to be stern with them. Um, and parents are sending me the best they got. They're not hiding the good ones at home. Yeah. This is what you got. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to give them my best because yeah. I would want somebody to give mine. Beautiful. Um, I, I, I think it's just what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I it's your assignment. I've, I say it a lot on this podcast for people who have purpose like you. Um, this is your assignment. You're supposed yeah. to be doing exactly what, yeah. what you're doing. However far, you know, you're going to go. I know you're going to continue to amaze us. You are a servant. Um, you are, you're one of the catalysts for Be Out Day here yep. in Atlanta. <laughs> Friends of fam. Yep. Sweater, ugly sweater party. Yep. You love FAMU. What was what was the reason you chose FAMU? Ah, that's a good one. Being from Fort Lauderdale, yep. you had a lot of other choices. I did. And, I in the Florida area. Every single Florida school. Did you? I did. I did. I was going to Florida State until I walked onto FAMU's campus. Uh -huh. And the difference was the way I was treated when I walked on. Nice. I was treated with love. Absolutely. I wasn't, you know, I went to other campuses and, you know, I remember this a school that shall be unnamed, <laughs> they said, well, you should never be ashamed to get financial aid. I'm like, give me all your money. Let's yeah. run it. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? And it was just, it wasn't warm. And when I went to FAM, like after that visit, I'm like, oh, this is where I'm going to go. Yeah. This is where I'm going to school and this is done. And literally I have the best network from going to FAM. I yes. feel like I can call, I can call people to get all kinds of things done Literally, you know, I'll have conversations with friends and we'll be like, fam, you taught me, you know, mm -hmm. fam, you taught me that no is not an option. Right. Like mean for me to step into something and not win whatever yeah. winning looks like is not an option. Right. Um, I get it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I ended up at fam. You know, I'm still friends um, with my college roommates from freshman year, like closest of friends. Really? Um bonds you know we travel together and um literally even that extension of friends of fam friends of fam was a group of us were like i love fam you um and we wanted to just figure out a way to give to students from atlanta specifically because yes. you know it's cost a lot of money mm -hmm. to go so how can we help offset the cost and you know we thought about be out day which yeah. I, they don't do it now right anymore and we're like well let's try to recreate our be out day yep. and it just started out we funded it ourselves the first time and um we um had this huge turnout yeah and we raised all this money and we were able to give it to the kids and you know the second part that everybody doesn't hear about those social aspects you know you hear about the be out day you hear about the ugly sweater party we stay in touch with the kids okay good. we actually have a group me we send them scholarship information they meet with us before school we're going to meet with them before they go back to school as well we continue the mentoring process we have people that reach out to us individually on the committee um we actually after homecoming because we know how much fun they all had yes we sent them care packages wow uh, um, 
with basically you're almost done. Hang in there. Hope you had your fun. Yeah. Time to get. And it had stuff like ramen noodles. Oh, that's so fun. Little snacks and stuff like that. And they were super excited. But we do a good job about um, keeping in touch. with So you're not just giving. You make sure you continue to cultivate. Correct. Because we want them to come back and, you know, be part of friends and family. You know, if they choose to come back to Atlanta, we want them to know that they have a support. And the biggest thing was. Fam, you did so much for us. Mm-hmm. And um, not only having Be Out Day, Be Out Day is also introducing them to fam when we were there. Yes. This is your introduction to the family. And you look at our bonds and kind of see the things that we're doing. And we want you to take back that spirit. There also end up being a group of friends that you have before you go to Absolutely. fam. Um, so... Friends of Fam has been amazing. We do amazing work together. You do, you do. Um, you know, you know, we had we got done with ugly sweater party. Be out day planning is starting, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know because you like got to get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have had scheduling conflicts for all of them, <laughs> but I promised to be out at be be out day this year. Come on. I heard it was fantastic last year. Yeah. I was like, I was looking at all the videos. I was like, see, dang, I'm mad. I had something going on. <laughs> Yes, it's all good, the but I'll be there. Band came out and did a little surprise show. Yes, so it was awesome. Good, good. Continue success on all of that. I'm so very proud of you. Um, speaking of just how much you love FAMU, you were Miss FAMU. I was. Yes. What was that process like for you? <laughs> so it was a lot. It was something I didn't think I was gonna do. I actually am not a girly girl. Right. Really. No, no, Me no. neither. I Can played, you tell? Right. <laughs> I played like softball. I ran track. I did all those things in high school. Um, my first quote unquote pageant I ever did was my senior year. I was on the student council executive board and we had this thing called calendar girl, calendar guy. Mm-hmm. And there weren't enough girls to be in the contest. So mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you need to be in it. And I'm like, okay. I went up like, Got my little stuff the day before. Was completely not committed and ended up being uh, Miss PHS. Oh my god! Like I'm actually on the little picture. I'm congratulating the other girl because I've never done this. Like this is so all so silly to me. And I actually ended up yeah winning. And I'm like oh, okay. And um again finding your niche at FAMU. All my friends were in a little divas dance troupe. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> they started divas. And I'm like mm, I'm not gonna do that. Right, that dancing things not me. And, um, you know, the first kind of elections rolled around. I had watched Miss FAMU in her court. And I was like, well, maybe I'll try to be, um, I think I'm going to try to be sophomore tenant. My friends were like, cool. Um, two of your neos, uh-huh. uh, Tiffany Hamler, yeah, Maria yeah. now, yeah. and Swanana Smith. That's my is Yes, yes. They actually helped me. Uh-huh. And what we did, I was um, something with a smiley face. And we got smiley face stickers. I had my little senior picture on there uh-huh. and we walked around the campus at night with sidewalk chalk and we put my name all over the campus. I love it. And like literally at night when everybody's sleeping, like okay, we need to put more chalk. So everywhere, my name is all over the floor. Oh my Glad God. you didn't get in trouble for that. Glad it washed away, but we wrote my name all over the campus and I ended up becoming sophomore wow. attendant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> under uh, Candace White. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. So I, yes, I was her sophomore attendant. She's been on the podcast as well. <laughs> yes. And so it was just amazing. We had an amazing time on the court. And I was like, I think I'm going to be Miss Fan Muse one day. And I kind of played with it. I didn't really know if I was going to do it. Because once I saw the Miss Fan Muse campaigns, I'm like, oh, is this what we do? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they, you know, those. The big key, deal. It's a big deal. And I definitely didn't have that type of money to do it. 
um, I had reached out to the Alumni Association in Fort Lauderdale and mm-hmm. said, hey, I'm from Fort Lauderdale. I want to do this. So they sent me a little bit of money. Um, and then I probably, when people were throwing barbecues and stuff, I was passing out the forks and the spoons and the napkins here have fun at their barbecue, but still vote for me. Right. Right. I did stuff like I went to Patty foot and I bought toiletries like, mm, we're not gonna have a barbecue, but I know you don't have any toilet paper. In this yes. Door. Yes. Um, so I literally went like door to door knocking. You were grassroots. Yes. Very much so grassroots. Um, door to door knocking. Um, I had at, um, at that time you were allowed to make your own food. So the few times I gave food, we were making chicken at my house, mm-hmm. and I promise we burned like three batches of chicken. Oh my <laughs> like, god! Uh, my talent was non traditional because I don't I don't sing, I don't dance, I don't play an instrument. But at the time, um, I took sign language. Oh, okay. In, um, high school, and I signed. Um, a Kirk Franklin song. What? And like when I tell you I was killing it and my dress actually popped from the movement of my arms and like. So you did like a dramatic type sign. Very dramatic. Yeah, that's dope. And, um, so that's what I did for my talent. And that's I ended memorable. Up, <laughs> yeah. And I ended the up. The girl who gave out toiletries and did sign language. I'm on Miss Famu. Right. Because <laughs> that's not, not typical. Right. But, but um, I think I can saying that I was uniquely myself and I always say that sometimes I'm perfectly imperfect Mm. um we have you know a lot of ideas of what it should look like and you know you definitely it it was challenging yeah um there were some days where I shed some tears like what am I doing halfway Mm -hmm. through this process Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but I did it I set out to do it and I did it and I won I was like wow you um, won. I miss family. You were you're in the history yes, books. Yes, yes. My students actually just um, I had um, readers or leaders. I had mm-hmm. a lot of family ones come in and read to my students, and a couple of them mentioned that I was Miss Fam U. So they're all like, I have kids coming up to me. I want to see that crown because I have it, but it's in storage. So I sent them a picture of me oh, okay. with the crown. So beautiful. It's, it's a whole big deal like yeah. that. Uh, Miss St. Joy is actually a person. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being this assistant <laughs> principal and changing my life, she's yeah. a person. Yeah. <laughs> so in the spring of 2000, you became a member of uh, Delta Sigma Theta. I did. Sorority Incorporated. Did you choose Delta Sigma Theta or did Delta Sigma Theta choose you? I chose Delta Sigma Theta. Tell me your story. Yeah, so my story is um, growing up in Fort Lauderdale, um, I had a lot of Delta influences. Mm-hmm. One was uh, my... Um, friend who was I went to high school with and he went to fam as well um his mother Alonzetta Gibson mm-hmm. Alonzetta would make me come to all kinds of delta stuff and like volunteer <laughs> she'd be like okay these kids are in elementary school when I was in high school I need you to come talk to them and I'm like okay and you never said no right to Miss Gibson and um I, she kind of just gave me all these experiences, like these rites of passages things. And I didn't, you know, make that connection. Um, but she was like giving me all these experiences. My um, English teacher in the ninth grade was also um, mm. actually a beta alpha delta. delta. Uh-huh. Um, and she was the strictest teacher. But, um, you know, she really bonded with me. I actually started my high school step team uh-huh. um, in 1994. Nice. And she was my mentor. So in uh, retrospect, like two of my biggest outside mentors were Deltas, mm-hmm. and they actually both happened to be Beta Alpha because wow. Miss Gibson was Beta Alpha okay. as well. And, um, you know, that was all my influence when I got there. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Funny enough, true story. 
I think um, it might have even been your line. Uh-oh. The AKAs were at Tops. Uh-huh. And uh, y'all okay. were doing your little set it off. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, who are those people? Who are those people? Right. I will not waver, but that's cute. Right. That's cute or whatever. <laughs> it's cute or whatever, but I will not waver. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I think set it off tricked a couple What of year did friends. you get there? I got there in 97. 97. Okay. I had just graduated. Okay. So, so I graduated in spring 97. So was, that, probably, that probably was my line yeah. that I pledged. Yeah, my Neos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was. So I was like, wait a minute. I will not waver. Right. And I was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I um, bumped into Tirsa. You used to take Yay. me under her wing. She's and, so sweet. And Candace was so of sweet Of course, to of me. course. And I, you know, I had a lot of these awesome experiences um, and interactions with Deltas. Mm-hmm. And it just, that was just what my interaction was. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Beautiful. Um, and uh, I was... You know, so thankful when I made it. I was like, I'm gonna have to lay out on this set if I don't make it. I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try again. If I yeah. Don't. And you know, I, I made it. Mm-hmm. It was you know amazing. I think um, when I was there, I was uh, my Neo year, which I was also Miss Family my Neo year. Okay. Um, I was neophyte of the year, so I was still going to all my Delta stuff in between all my Miss FAMU stuff, and then I became the second vice president when I was there. Has stayed active. Um, when I moved to California, I was a member of the Century City Alumni. Uh, chapter in LA and then I came here uh, Stone Mountain and currently yeah. I'm in uh, Marietta where my so. mother-in-law <laughs> is yeah yes yes sweet yes. sweet that's fantastic fantastic it was a lot going on in spring 2000 <laughs> they alpha across the board headlines that yeah, year yep, yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely what is your definition of cool hmm mine is being you yeah being unapolog- unapologetically you being comfortable with yeah, it, yeah, and you can roll with me or not, or not. It's all good, yeah. Cause I'm still, I'm still gonna do me. I'm still gonna have my personal non-negotiables. Yeah, I'm gonna still do what makes me happy. Yeah, beautiful. How can people contact you? I know that you're, you know, of course you're, you're an educator, but you, <laughs> but you like to have fun, Saint Joy. Okay, I do. Yes. I do. So share your social if you want. <laughs> It's up to well, you. I have my, my professional social. Okay, good. Is <laughs> Heritage Eagle AP. Nice. It's professional. Uh-huh. It's for Twitter. Yes, for the Twitter. Twitter page. <laughs> um, my, uh, <laughs> my personal IG is St. Jeezy. I love St. Jeezy. Saint Jeezy I, I said that at the beginning of the <laughs> interview. St. Jeezy 19. It's funny because, um, you know, no one really calls me Melissa. Yeah, it's St. It's, Joy. It's St. Joy, St. Jeezy, Jizzle. MSJ, like if you call me Melissa, I'm like, oh, we're not friends. Right. <laughs> I'm like St. Joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What is your name? What is it? What is oh, the pa- origin? Uh, yes. My parents are from Haiti. Mm-hmm. So uh, Melissa Jones, St. Joy. My yeah. name is actually supposed to be Yamale Manushka, St. Joy. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. But my godmother at the time told my mom that we're in America now and she needs an American name. So I got Melissa Jones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you! they went all the way in. Yes, they went all the way in. <laughs> Just the most plain Jane. Um, and I always tell people that I think that's the other reason why I love when people call me by my last name because there's a million Melissa Jones. Yes. Um, but St. Joy is just so unique in its Yeah, name. it is you. You're a joy, St. Joy. <laughs> I try to I be. certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, changing the lives of our young people to come meet with me <laughs> to be on the Cool Sore podcast. Of course, Because of you course. definitely are a cool sore of Delta Sigma Theta. Yes. My love. <laughs> Melissa St. Joy, everybody. My name is Melissa St. Joy, and I am an educator, and I am a cool sore of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Ooh.